Are you a new or aspiring woman leader that wants to make a successful leap into leadership? Do you want to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so that you can become the kind of leader other people want to follow? Welcome to The Leadership Leap, a show that is all about helping women to become more confident about making the leap into leadership. Now, here is your host, Leanne Pico. Hello, welcome to The Leadership Leap. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Um, I have a question for you. Are you feeling brave? Do you want to feel more brave? This is the show for you. But before I tell you why, I'd like to thank my guests from last week. Thank you to Marianne Kerr from the Medalist Group for the fantastic conversation we had about designing a happy and healthy culture. It was really one of the top things that we talked about was that we have to be very intentional about culture. And it starts with senior leadership. But as new and aspiring leaders we have an opportunity to contribute. So that was super important. And then also a big thank you to Heather Nelson for her segment, Money Talk, where we chatted about getting comfortable with asking for money. I learned a lot and I know you will too. So have a listen. Uh, You can just click on the link on the show page or you can download it in your favorite podcast provider. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and Google Play. So take us with you wherever you go. So today we are talking about what it means to be a brave leader with Kimberly Davis, the author of the book Brave Leadership, and we're talking about emotional triggers and how to manage them with Michelle Bevan in her regular segment, What's Your EQ? Uh, Before we get started, I do want to remind you, you could be receiving more leadership inspiration from me on a weekly basis, and it can come straight into your inbox. Uh, Join the Leadership Leap community at leadershipleap.net, and I'll make sure that you don't miss a single episode of this show. We are creating some amazing stuff here, so don't miss out. I'll send it to you. So, Okay, you know when you read a book and you feel like you're sitting in Starbucks with your chai tea latte having a great conversation with your bestie. That's how I felt when I was reading Brave Leadership. The book itself, it presents some very new and quite um, potentially for some people some challenging ideas that dare us to think about leadership differently. It invites us to consider who we are and not just what we do. So it, it really does focus on us as people as leaders, not just about the function. And the book invites us to be brave. However, the style of writing is so accessible and friendly, it'll help you feel really inspired and supported to do things in your own way as well. So, you know, I, I highly recommend it. And uh, although I already feel like we've had our lattes together, I'm also meeting Kimberly Davis for the first time today. So I'm super excited to have her here. But let me tell you a bit more about her before we bring her on. Um, as an expert on authentic leadership, Kimberly Davis shares her inspirational messages of personal power, responsibility, and impact with organizations across the United States, and she teaches leadership programs worldwide, most notably her program On Stage Leadership, which runs in New York City and Dallas, Texas. Additionally, Kimberly teaches for Southern Methodist University's Cox School of Business's Executive Education Uh, Programs Transformational Leadership Program and their Latino Leadership Initiative. And she also is privileged to teach for the Bush Institute's We Lead Program, empowering female leaders from the Middle Middle East. 
Oh, that's such good work. Um, Kimberly is a TEDx speaker and her book, Brave Leadership, Unleash Your Most Confident, Authentic and Powerful Self to Get the Results You Need, is the 2019 winner of the Benjamin Franklin Silver Award for Business and Career. She's an Amazon bestseller, got lots of different awards. And and one of one of um, the things that I went, ooh, she uh, is the number one book to read in Inc. Magazine's 12 most impactful books to read in 2018. That, you know, whenever I see the word impactful, I know I've got to get my hands on it. And she's got a cover endorsement by bestselling author Daniel Pink, who is also very cool. So, wow, I'm very glad to have her here and feeling quite privileged to get to speak with Kimberly today. So, Kimberly, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Leanne, I think that was the best introduction I've ever received. I feel so honored. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And I'm so looking forward to talking to you and your guests today. Absolutely. Well, I was thinking, I was thinking about when I was thinking about my intro, I was thinking, actually, we should probably be having wine at this stage because I feel like I know about, <laughs> you know, we're, I've, I've read your book. And, and just to say, and part of the reason I love your book is because it's so personal and you share your stories. And so I know about your son, Jeremy, and about your moves. And, and there's just something so different about your book in terms of how we write about leadership. So I just wanted to say, you know, you were modeling it, you were being brave in how you wrote it. You know, I so appreciate that, Leanne. It was an it, it was an interesting journey because I actually had to fight to have it be as personal as it was. Um, right. I was getting feedback from editors saying, no, this is a business book. You can't you can't use examples of being a parent. You can't use these, these other examples from your personal life. And w- what I ended up saying to them is I said, look, leadership is not about title. It's about who you are. It's, 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 leaders are people. They're not titles. And so I want to make sure that people realize that their entire life can be a classroom. It's not just about what you do within corporate four walls. It can be you, how you show up with your children. It could be how you show up in the grocery store. It could be how you show up in your community and with your friendships, as well as how you show up at work. And so that was something that was so important to me. And I'm, I'm grateful to hear that it resonated with you the way it did. Yeah, absolutely did. And, you know, when you talk about showing up, I mean, it just, that resonates too, because, you know, and uh, uh, clearly your background, you've got a theater background and you talk about, um, you know, your, your business is called On Stage Leadership. There's a piece around it that is really important that it's deeply personal and it translates to all aspects of our life. So wherever we are, we are showing up and we are being, um, and I don't mean this in a creepy way, we are being watched, uh, especially in leadership. And you, you bring that in your book in a big way. Yeah, is that we're always on stage because the people in our audience, and, the, and your audience can yeah. be made up of the people on your team. It could also be made up of, of your boss. It could be made up of your clients and your community. Yes. Uh, it's, it's anyone in your sphere to whom who you are as a leader matters. Right. That's your audience. And they're always paying attention. So you're always on stage. So, yes, the the genesis of my my work came from my work in theater. And we use I use a lot of theater tools, but it's really not about pretend and fake it. It's it's about it's about the fact that you are always on stage and, and how you show up in your life matters in every situation that you face. Well, and so that um leads me to think about one of the most important pieces because that's really important because we can talk about being on stage and that um, you know we're 
we're kind of putting on a show at all times in a way as leader. But at the same time, um, one of the things that you point out in your book, and you have some really nice uh, examples of this, and you're talking about um, some research done by Stanislavski, which is around the people who were the best actors and the best um, the most able to kind of create some uh, following within their fans and people loving their work were the ones that who were bringing themselves. Absolutely. They weren't focused on what people thought about them. They weren't focused yeah. on trying to prove themselves. They weren't focused on the applause and, and all the accolades. They were focused on making an impact. And it's that focus of attention that gave them the presence to get the results. Right. But if they were focused on getting the results, if they're focused on please like me, they're focused on I want to make a lot of money. I want to get the, I want to get the next reward. I want to get the next part. If that's where their focus of attention was, they wouldn't have had the power to truly show up as who they are in each moment and make an impact. And it's that impact that delivers on the results. It's not the other way around. And, and I think so much, particularly in the business world and the corporate world, we've got we've got those two things turned around. We think that we need to focus on the number, but when we focus on a goal, when we focus on a number, it can lead us down a pretty slippery slope because I know that, you know, all of you can think about people who have been focused on a goal and their relation, they let their relationships slide, their health starts to deteriorate. They might take some, um, actions that aren't in alignment with their values. They might just do whatever it takes to get ahead. And so it, just focusing on a goal is not enough for us to be and bring our best, most authentic and powerful self, what I call brave, to the situations that we face. So we need to have an alternate focus in order to really get the results that we're after. And funnily enough, I'm, and I'm going to ask you uh, kind of what you mean by brave leadership in just a second, but I just wanted to note there what you just talked about when I'm coaching women or training um, particularly aspiring women leaders, their biggest fear is often, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be what I see, which is somebody who's always after a particular goal that is about money or is about status or that's not who I want to be. So it's so, so, so interesting and super important for us to have this conversation, which is the new kind of leadership. And I and I, I kind of say that and then I cringe because I think, you know, great leaders have always done this. They have been able to create right, 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 a right. genuine connection with people, right? Right. I absolutely agree. I, I absolutely agree. But we're talking about it more uh, now. We're kind of, we're able to identify it um, coming out of kind of that 80s and 90s focus on power and money. We're, we're feeling a little dissatisfied with that. So I feel like, you know, that's partly why your book would resonate in such a big way is, is kind of like, well, well, what is there in leadership beyond power and money? Like, what is the point right. of it? Right. And well, so, and I think that's so, it's so in, I think that's a question yeah. that I get a, a lot from, right. from leaders. And, and early in my business, Leanne, I used to have a lot of uh, senior executives because I started my business in 2008 when the, the, United, the economy in the United States yeah. was tanking. It was terrible. And so yeah. I had a partnership with a nonprofit that would partner these C-suite executives with nonprofits for high-level con- um, consulting, and these executives had been laid off from their jobs, like millions and millions of other people had been. And so it was, it was, I offered 
uh, any empty spaces I had in on-stage leadership to these senior executives as, as a way for this nonprofit to thank them for their, their time and, and what they, they were giving. And what most of them said at that time was they had, they had had the corner office and the big fancy title and the big paycheck, and they'd had all the, all the trappings of success, everything that society said, oh, yes, you know, you are definitely successful. And then they found themselves without their title, and they, they had lost who they were. They didn't know what, what, all, what all of it was mm. for because most of them wow. had been through several marriages. Some of them had health problems. They, many of them had missed their kids' baseball games and showing up for junior prom and taking pictures and helping out with homework and all of the things that, that they now regretted that they didn't do right. because they were so focused on being successful in their job. And uh, so it's, it's a question that we end up really exploring is, I do what I do for the sake of what? It's got to be bigger than the paycheck. If it's not bigger than the paycheck, if it's not bigger than the title, then you, you come up empty and you end yeah. up sacrificing things that aren't worth the sacrifice. And I think, yeah. you know, one of my biggest jobs, I really believe my biggest job is something that really shouldn't even be needed in the world, but it, it seems to be, and that is to give people permission to be who they are powerfully, authentically, yes. uh, responsibly in the world. And for some yeah. reason, and I think this is true particularly for women, we don't give ourselves permission to be who we truly are powerfully in the world. No, it's true. It's true. And so in a way that leads us, that's a nice segue into, you know, because doing that requires us to be brave and to risk um, people not liking us or risk people um, thinking things about us that we d- can't control. So what? So let's go there. What is brave leadership to you? Like for well, you, so and I, so you've written a whole book, so. <laughs> not, but in like kind of in a nutshell. <laughs> so we'll try to squeeze this in in just a few minutes. Yes. Um, but so it's interesting because when you think about think, wanting to be brave, and I know for myself when I think about, you know, gosh, I, I want to be brave. I've got this really hard conversation I have to have. I need to, you know, speak up in this meeting. I need to do this this hard thing or try this new thing or put myself out there in a new way. When I think about needing to be brave, my whole body goes into revolt. My amygdala in my brain starts kicking cortisol out through my body, which is a stress hormone. So then you get all those body sensations and I start to either shrink myself back or, or I start to uh, overcompensate or I'll quit on myself or there's a lot of things that will happen when I focus on wanting to be brave. And it's interesting because I was, I was thinking, well, well that, that's so strange because brave is this aspirational thing. We all want to be brave. So why, yeah. when I think about being brave, does it, you know, cause my whole body to kind of freak out a little bit? And then I, I looked it up, and the actual definition of bravery is being willing to face and endure danger or pain. Mm, wow. <laughs> what do you think about that? Okay, like, okay. well, that makes sense well, then, no right? I'm not terribly excited about this, right? <laughs> I mean, who gets up in the morning and says, oh, yeah, I can't wait to face and endure me from danger and pain. And so that's why I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I that absolutely believe that it's our focus that determines our bravery. So when right. we focus on the pain and danger, it's, it's going to cause all of these body sensations. It's going to cause our, our, our fight or flight sensation to kick in. And it's going to essentially stop us in our tracks. It's hard to take brave action 
it, when we when we're focused on the pain and danger. And so, so I what I decided to do is I decided to take the you know make the executive decision for myself to redefine what it means to be brave because I knew that focusing on, focusing on you know enduring pain and danger was not going to work for me. I knew that that yeah. would not allow yeah. me to be my best self. So I redefine bravery as um, being your best, most authentic, and powerful self. Nice. And we can we could tease that apart because there's a lot to that. Um, but what I knew to be true is that if I could do that, if I could really be who I am, powerfully, responsibly, constructively in the situations that I face, that I could get through that pain and danger. It wouldn't stop me. But if I focus on the pain and danger, it would stop me. And so that's why it's so critical to have an alternate focus, to give ourselves something to focus our attention on that takes our focus off that pain and danger and allows us to step into our more powerful selves. And so what I have what I have realized through the work that I've been doing is that the best way for me and, and, and for the people that I teach, they have, they've learned that this seems to work for them as well, and that is, is to focus on what I call your super objective, which is essentially your purpose in action. Because when you can focus on the impact that you want to have instead of focusing on the result you're trying to get, the numbers or the accolades or the likes or whatever it is, it allows you to shift your focus off of the pain and danger and into a more powerful place. Beautiful, beautiful. Love that. And we're about to take a break, but I wanted to share one of the questions that you you frame in your book, which kind of pulls all that together for people to ask themselves, which is, if I were to be true to who I am at my core, my real best, most powerful self, and focused on taking constructive action to make an impact, what action would I take? That's the key to being brave. And so when we come back, we're going to talk to Kimberly Davis a little bit more about um, that kind of focus and about how to embed it into our own practice, but also why it's particularly important for women. We'll be back in just a sec. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi there, this is Liam Pico, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. 
Hi there, this is Liam Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap. Hey, welcome back. This is Leanne Picot, and we are currently having a wonderful conversation with author Kimberly Davis. Uh, she's written the book called Brave Leadership. Before the break, we were talking about, uh, Kimberly was sharing, we were talking about brave leadership and what that means. Um, and also Kimberly was sharing uh, a kind of a, a perspective around leadership. We were talking about the shift from going, well, if power and title and money aren't kind of helping people feel happy in their lives as they kind of attain leadership. What is it that can drive us? And Kimberly was talking about the super objective, which is thinking about your impact. This is one of my favorite areas um, in in terms of talking about leadership, um, but it's also a challenging area. So Kimberly, um, when we talk about a super objective, we're talking about the impact someone wants to have how does that sit with often in organizations, there's a kind of a tension, which is, this is who we want you to be here. And so yeah. in terms of that kind of stepping into your brave leadership kind of mindset, like how do you manage your kind of your own desire to make a change in the world with kind of sometimes the reality of the workplace? Right, and I think I think we need to, to to dig into to what authenticity really means, right? Because when we talk about you know bringing who we are into a culture that has a predetermined idea of, of who they think we should be, there's some tension right there. And so, a lot of people when they think about authenticity, and, and you'll see memes all over all over Facebook and all over the rest of mm-hmm. social media that, that, that talk about authenticity and pretty much 
they to sum it up, they say something akin to, you know, be yourself. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Mm. And and when it comes to leadership and influence, that definition isn't sufficient because no. it matters how people experience you. Um, and and so let me back up just a second. We should we should probably talk about how I define leadership to begin with. So I don't believe leadership has anything to do with title or position. I know that every single one of us uh, that's listening on this call can think of a, a leader with very fancy that's title right. that you wouldn't, you know, someone with a very fancy title that you wouldn't consider to be a leader. So I, yeah. I don't think that has anything to do with leadership. Now, certainly someone with a fancy title and position can be a leader, but I don't think that that's, that's that in of itself makes you a leader. I think no, truly, that's right. Can I just can I just say because yeah. sometimes the is you're absolutely right. I just wanted to say that the opposite often happens. We can also look at uh, in organizations often an informal person is is the one taking that leadership role, and and either for good or evil, they're kind of leading people towards you know their own path. So I think you're right, and I think it's really important absolutely. for us to say that um, for people to understand, particularly in this realm of of talking about authenticity. It is about always uh, turning up as yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, so the, the way I look at leadership is really it, it's about a heart connection. Do people yeah. want to follow you or have to follow right. you? Right. Yes. Um, because if they have to follow you, you don't get access to any of the things that can make a difference mm-hmm. to nice. your organizations. What what want gets you? What somebody's heart will get you is engagement. What want will get you is joy and passion and trust and loyalty and commitment. All of the things that can make a difference can only be accessed through the want. You know, you can command a lot of things in the workplace, but you cannot command want. Want is something that each one of us can is gives of our own free will. And so true leadership, true influence is about connecting to the hearts of the people that we need to lead in. We need to lead an influence. And so in order to be able to do that, they have to experience us as authentic. So what does that mean? What does authenticity mean in the framework of leadership and influence? And right. the way I, my favorite definition is one that I borrow from a guy named Bill George. Bill George wrote, has written several um, excellent books. One is Authentic Leadership, and the other is True North, which is probably his most well-known book. Um, he also taught for the, Har- uh, the Harvard School of Management and, um, and was the former CEO for Medtronic. So, you know, he, this was a guy that's been around, been around a bit. Um, but the way he's de- he defines authenticity is, are you genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief? Mm, and what nice. I love about that, Leon, is is that the, the it's a lot more complex than most of us would imagine. Because who gets to decide that? Who gets yes. to decide whether you're someone who is genuine, who is believable, who is worthy of trust? Well, you can decide that all day long, but that's not going <laughs> to help you lead or influence. <laughs> That's right. right. That's right. You know, yes, I'm believable, but nobody else believes you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's um, so true. And but you say that it's really in a way that when you just describe that, like for me, I had a reaction was just like that is such. It's so basic. But like you say, it is so complex, though. Like it's such basic stuff. Yes, because what what you're going to need. To experience me as someone who is genuine, who is worthy of their trust, worthy yeah. of your trust, it's going to be very different 
than what another client of mine might need, right? Or what someone who works with me might need. And so it doesn't mean that we become this chameleon person and we change who we are for every person around us. But what that, what that does is it forces empathy into action. It forces Mm -hmm. us to think about what does the other person sincerely need from us to experience us as as someone who's genuine, who's worthy of their trust and believable uh, and someone they can rely on? How do I prepare for that conversation? How do I show up in that conversation to ensure to the best of my ability that they experience me as genuine? And in order to do that, you have to be really anchored in in your values and your strengths and what matters yeah. to you. Because if you're, if you're not, the byproduct is they won't experience you as someone who is genuine. It if comes out. Are, are, yeah. Yes, absolutely. If your words out. are not congruent with your actions, you will not get away with that. People will pick oh. up on that. And they, oh, won't, right. they won't experience you as authentic and you will, it will cost you their want. So that's where it goes back to purpose. Leanne, that's where we connect back to the super objective, because essentially the super objective is your purpose in action, and inherent in your super objective are your values, are your your beliefs, are your strengths. Um, And to get to that super objective, you know, people think, oh, my gosh, I've got to think about my purpose. This feels so overwhelming. But it really doesn't have to be this big, overwhelming, scary ordeal to think about your purpose, right? It really can be very accessible. Um, And so it begins with asking some very basic questions. Why do I care? For real, why do I care about the work that I do? Why do I care about the people I serve? I do what I do for the sake of what? For real. What gets you out of bed in the morning? What is the impact that you want to have? And when you can answer some of these very basic questions, it will lead you to an answer that is in alignment with your truth from an, from an inside out perspective. Yeah. And so, and then for, you can manage what comes your way, right? Like you can handle things. And I'll, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking to Michelle in a bit about um, kind of emotional triggers and things. But um, in this context, what I'm thinking about is that um, I know for myself that when there were times that I felt like I had, and it's funny because when I say I was about to say put on a show, uh, because mm-hmm. in actual fact I. I've always been as a senior leader for many years, I felt like I felt quite confident being on stage, knowing that I was modeling what I expected and, you know, that how I turned up had an impact. But the times yes. that I felt like I had to kind of construct something and be something due to an expectation in the room, those are the times that I felt a disconnect myself. Um, not just with right. myself, so, but, but also with other people. Of authenticity can really right? serve you, right? Yeah. Because then if you can think about, okay, what do these other people need from me to experience me as genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief? That's where those expectations you're experiencing or come from, right? What yeah. do they need from me to experience me as genuine from their vantage point? Then if you're, if you're really clear about your super objective, so, so for your listeners, I, I'm gonna, I want to give you an example of what a super objective sounds like because you, it's, it might feel kind of nebulous right now. So, for example, my super objective is to connect people to the best of who they are. That's what nice. I stand for. Love that. To connect Beautiful. people to the best of who they are. Other yeah. examples of super objective might be to sow the seeds of self-confidence. Might be I want to... Uh, foster a uh, uh, foster self belief. I might want to cultivate the the strengths of others. You know, these are yeah. all different yeah. 
possible super objectives. Well, and just to share mine, mine is in the leadership leap for the leadership leap is to elevate women. To elevate women. Like it's just like it's, it's a couple words. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's very actionable. And what, what separates a super objective from a lot of people's thought about vision, mission, values, purpose is it's always framed in using active language, always framed using active verbs because that puts you on an active path. So you cannot elevate women from the sidelines, right? You have to be in action in order to actually elevate women. And you do that through the kinds of questions you ask. You do it through the kinds of guests that you bring on. You do it through how you prepare. And and, and, uh, you're so thoughtful in the way you set your shows up for success, Leanne. And every action you take is in order to elevate women. Now, go back to that situation that you were talking about, you know, when you felt like you had to meet certain expectations in the room. The way you prepare for that then is to think about what do the people in the room, to the best of my ability, what do I know about these people? What do they need from me to experience me as someone who is genuine, worthy of trust, reliance, and belief from their perspective, not with my own agenda? What do they truly need? Okay, how do I elevate women in this situation? And And so that's just all of your attention on that. Absolutely. So that's a beautiful way of help. And, and I'm going to say that that is probably like for um, we need to finish in a, in, a, in a minute, but I feel like that is probably the best top tip you could give for women who aspire to be leaders or who are a new leader. So a lot of the people listening to our show or anyone in leadership where they're in those situations is that it's just it is such a concrete thing to say, why am I here and why is it important to me to hold on to that in order to overcome what's going on in the room? I think that's an amazing right. what that does, way of Leanne, looking at it. It gives you it gives you that alternate focus. So you're not focused on what are they going to think about me? I might fail. I might not meet their expectations. I might not. I right. might not. I might look. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, all the that self-talk. pain and danger. You're not focused. Instead, you're right. focused on one thing to elevate women in that situation. It will allow you to step into your brave and the byproduct are fantastic results. I just love it. Thank you so much. Kimberly, I could talk to you all day. Absolutely. We'll have to have, (laughs) we'll have to have you come back for sure. Well, listen, where can, where can people get your book? Tell us where they, they can get your book. Obviously on Amazon. Amazon Amazon is very accessible on Amazon. It's it's in most booksellers. If they don't have it on the, on the shelf, they can make sure that you get it within a couple of days. So, um, you can any, any of your favorite booksellers, but certainly Amazon makes it very easy to pick it up. And it's okay, also and on Audible. So if you oh, prefer good. to listen to audiobooks instead of having a, um, a hardcover book, you can, you can access it that way. Awesome. And, and honestly, it was my top book for this year. So thank you so much for being on the thank show you, and for Leanne. putting your ideas out there. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kimberly. I'm really grateful. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Take care. Okay, so now uh, we're going to welcome Michelle Bevan back for her segment, What's Your EQ? And last month, uh, Michelle helped us to better understand what emotional intelligence is. And this month, it's all about triggers. So um, just to say, okay, we hear this word a lot. And it gets a lot of bad press sometimes, especially at the moment. People make fun of the fact that some things cause us to experience negative emotions. But this is real. And it's so important that we are more self-aware about our triggers as a leader. So 
I'm so excited to have Michelle here. And we're going to talk about this. So let me tell you a bit in case you didn't catch um, her last show. Let me tell you a little bit about Michelle. Michelle Bevan is an International Coaches Federation certified coach with an extensive human resources background. Uh, as an executive coach, Michelle's focus is on emotional intelligence. And Michelle employs formal EQ assessments to identify gaps as the foundation for one-on-one coaching with her clients. She helps new leaders and experienced executives to better understand themselves, manage their emotions, motivate and inspire their teams. So uh, really great segue from what we were just talking about. Michelle, it's great to see you again. How are you doing? Hi, Leanne. It's great to be back. Thank you. It's so nice to see you. We've got about we've got about a minute or so towards the break, but I wanted to um, just start the conversation and then we can dig right into it after the break. Um, so, um, are you getting as triggered by people while um, shopping as I am right now? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I just want to say what a great segment with Kimberly. Wow, yeah, and she did yeah. talk about triggers. So we'll we'll lean into that a little bit. But yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. We are it is the season for sugar yes. plum fairy dreams and triggers in our heads for sure. It is so, so. true. So much <laughs> stuff going on. There's so much stuff going on. So um so what we're gonna do is in a we're gonna come back in about um in a minute or so and we're gonna talk to Michelle about what are emotional triggers. Because this is a it is interestingly um it's uh coming up to the time of year when we spend a lot of time with our families, we spend a lot of time um, kind of tired from work and things like that, and then out in the world doing stuff. So we'll be talking to Michelle about that. Uh, well, not specifically about that. We'll be talking about it in terms of leadership. Um, but uh, just quickly, 10 seconds, what are emotional triggers? Michelle, tell us, what are we going to talk about? Emot- sure, emotional triggers are people, words, opinions, situations, anything that provokes an intense emotional reaction. It can be pretty well anything, even a smell, Leanne, like wow. something that, that triggers us. Um, it can seem like a, our, our reaction can seem like an irrational, out of the blue kind of thing, but it really isn't. It's been laying around inside of us, just waiting for something to set it off. There we go. So, and lots, and, and triggers, and lots yeah. does. Yeah. So we'll come back and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what sets us off and how to manage it. Back soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi there, this is Liam Pico, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the What Not To Do School of Leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn that the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you will discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. 
Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Hi there, this is Leanne Picot, the host of The Leadership Leap. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Before I stepped into my first leadership role, I wasn't sure about becoming a leader. I was worried I didn't have the skills or confidence to do it well. When I did move up, I always say that I attended the what not to do school of leadership as I knew all the things I didn't want to do, but I was less clear about the kind of leader I wanted to be. So I had to learn the hard way. That's why I created my online leadership program, also called The Leadership Leap. I help new and aspiring women leaders to grow your confidence and your leadership abilities so you can avoid some of the mistakes I made and make a more successful leap into leadership. Through over 20 video lessons, monthly group coaching, and homework exercises that help you put the learning into action right away, you'll discover who you are as a leader and learn how to inspire others. You will also be part of a growing community of other fabulous new and aspiring leaders just like you. Find out more and sign up to learn with me at theleadershipleap.net and use coupon code radio for an extra $100 off just for listening. Make the leap into becoming the kind of leader you most want to be. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico. You can find out more about Leanne and the program at theleadershipleap.net. Don't forget that you can also send in your questions about all things leadership to Leanne at her email address, info at theleadershipleap.net, and we'll try to answer them on the show. Now, back to The Leadership Leap. Hey, welcome back, Leanne Pico. We're talking with Michelle Bevan, our EQ coach here at the Leadership Leap. Michelle, we talked a little bit about emotional triggers, and and I think I was kind of uh, had a little transference going on about my my holiday triggers. Um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about um, what our emotional triggers are and how they affect us in the workplace and leadership. Sure, absolutely. Well, as I mentioned, they. Um, they can be based on an event from our past. It's it's something that we don't want to repeat, but we've kept it in our psyche. It could be a tone of voice, a personal characteristic, even a misplaced joke that embarrassed us, and, and that's a trigger for us if it comes back up. Um, and again, it could be our irrational emotional reaction could seem like it's out of the blue, but it's actually been laying in wait for something to trigger it off. And common emotions that we experience when we're triggered are things like anger, rage, sadness, and fear. And triggers are very, very personal. They're different things that trigger different people. Because our emotional triggers were actually created earlier in our life. They're there to protect us against people who frighten us or, or make us feel vulnerable in some way. But the problem is that when... Um, we don't know how to release our triggers as we grow emotionally stronger. The negative emotion associated with that trigger, that triggering event, um, being yelled at or being disrespect or disrespected or something like that, actually sticks to us. 
So then your emotional triggers have stopped protecting you and started trapping you in a negative emotion uh, that creates stress. Well, and can I ask, because I want to clarify this, because I think this is um, something that personally it's affected me sometimes, which is when that does happen, um, because it's a trigger, like the difference between a trigger and a new irritant, like it's, it's, it's different because that, Mm -hmm. that stretch to that emotional reaction is fast and deeper than say, if it was a new situation that was kind of irritating, Right, like that, like we mm-hmm. go deep, go go quickly to that kind of place, um, which then brings up extreme, more extreme emotions. Right. Exactly. I think we've all been through, you know, experienced a situation where we found people, some people, hard to work with, for example, because mm-hmm. every time we try to deal with them, we end up being frustrated or angry, and they may actually be doing something at the time that's, you know, creating discomfort for us. However, those really deep-seated feelings, the ones that you find hard to release, that's a trigger. So that makes you less effective in that relationship. So when you look back on the interaction with the person, you can see that your instant anger was way out of proportion and you feel Mm -hmm. guilty about it. So that identifies that you've been triggered. Okay. Okay. And so how does it affect us? Because when we're um, in t- having the conversation with Kimberly, we were talking about leadership and about how you're kind of always on stage in a way. Um, and we also talk about, you know, being authentic. So mm-hmm. if we put that together with kind of, you know, how people see us and also that part of our authenticity is our history and things that happen. Like how it's not, it's all very complicated in a way when it comes to this emotional triggering stuff, right? Yeah. And I like her um, analogy that, you know, you're always in front of an audience. It's how you show up to your audience, to your staff, to your relatives, whatever. Um, that's, you want to be your authentic self. So when you are triggered, you can show up as, you know, saying things that you don't mean, and then you have trouble kind of fixing it afterwards. You can feel angry or anxious or vulnerable. Um, You're not good at managing conflict as much as you'd like to be, and you frequently miscommunicate with others. So in the workplace, that's the kind of behavior that can be seen when someone is being triggered. Right. And, and it's and it's you, sometimes sorry. unconscious. Sorry, Michelle, I just want to clarify because one of the things, the key parts that, that for me I think people um, maybe don't fully get is is sometimes it's not a conscious thing, right? I mean, that's why they're called triggers. Absolutely. They're sitting on below the surface. Absolutely. They're ve- they can be very, very deep-seated. Um, they can be part of a trauma that you experience. So, you know, in the workplace, let's, let's look at in the workplace here. Maybe you had a negative experience with a coworker who shouted at you in front of the team or humiliated you in some way. Um, the minute you, you know, hear someone's raised voice directed towards you, that can trigger that trauma that you had. Um, ego protection, you know, our ego is there to help keep us from being hurt. But when we feel triggered, we feel a threat to our ego. So we may immediately go on the attack, you know, belittling or talking behind someone's back because we feel like we are, we are being threatened. Right. And opposing beliefs is another one and stress. You know, the way you wake up in the morning um, 
can make it so that your your stress triggers are really amplified. Right. So so when we think about how we show up in the morning and um you know, and again, I often talk about this with the people that I coach as well or, or train is that kind of the the normal everyday stress of, you know, how to fight with my partner or, you know, got mm-hmm. in a traffic jam or those kinds of things. When we're talking about emotional triggers, those are not what we're talking about. Those are kind of everyday stresses, right? We're talking about, yeah. um, you know, the, like you say, that deep-seated stuff which might be childhood it might be stuff we've never even dealt with really or it might be like you say a trauma um how can we get a grip on it then like if it's kind of unconscious and if it and if it's kind of like that lit thing like how can we manage our triggers if we're maybe not even sure that they're there yeah just to um and there are a number of things that we can do to be um, to be able to mindfully recognize our triggers and then to try to work through them. But just to sort of clarify even further exactly what you're saying around the fact that they are deeper than, you know, the guy cut me off. And um, mm-hmm. But that, that in and of itself may lead to, you know, it, someone cut me off way back when and I had a huge accident or... Right, know, yes, um, yes, for yeah. sure. But generally speaking, triggers are... Um, flare up when your needs are not being met. So your basic needs, ones of acceptance, being understood, respect, um, balance, love, autonomy, there's a whole list of them. So those are more basal is what uh, is what we're right. trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so sense. Being yeah, being able to mindfully recognize your triggers, the first step is is self-awareness of course, as it is with all emotional intelligence competencies, is being aware of what's happening to me right now. And the trick to managing a trigger is to really be able to see it coming. So feeling that physical symptom that's associated with the trigger and cueing in on that, um, you know, what are the physical hints that you're feeling? Are you feeling, is your heart racing? Are you feeling even disoriented or a little bit nauseous or sweating? you know that you are being triggered. And then moving into, you know, being able to recognize what just happened so that this feeling is coming on for me. Mm. And, mm-hmm. yeah, n- noticing as far as, you know, what thoughts are going through my head. Am I, am I, have I ha- do I have extreme thoughts with, you know, polarized viewpoints? For example, is something good or bad, right or wrong, nice or evil, what story am I telling myself about the person that I'm interacting with or the situation that I'm in? That will help to identify who or what is triggering the emotion that you're feeling. Um, And what, and then, you know, further looking at what needs are not being met. What are my needs that are, that are lacking right now? You know, what you're saying is interesting because part of me kind of says, wow, that's a lot to think about in the moment when you're Mm -hmm. being triggered and your emotions are coming up. And then I went the other way, which is kind of like, that's kind of awesome to kind of to say, you know, okay, this is happening and and to kind of take a mental break from what's going on and checking in with ourselves and asking ourselves. So those are so there's three questions you had there. Can you just summarize what those three questions were? Uh, thinking about what thoughts are going through my head. 
So noticing okay. that, uh, looking yep. for extreme thoughts. Yeah. And, and then, you know, identifying that as what story am I, am I creating about the person or the situation that I'm yeah. interacting with or uh, that I'm in right now? Um, and what needs are not being met of mine? What are, where is it that I'm feeling that something is lacking in my, right. um, you know, as far as those base requirements for me to feel like I'm getting what I need as a human being? Yeah, and we can do that. So just to let people know, like when you're in that situation, it's great to be able to do that. If you if you didn't handle it well, it's also important after the situation to ask yourself those questions. And then um, you can kind of get a sense for next time uh, when you're dealing with it. But if you're in the situation, like how do you move from those questions to acting on it in when you're mm-hmm. in that situation? Like what's your, what do you, advice do you give the people you coach? Well, I, it, it really is. You've hit the nail on the head when you talk about, you know, moving from your emotional uh, brain to your cognitive brain. So by asking yourself those questions, making space between the reaction and the reality. So once your cognitive brain kicks in, then you can start, you know, trying to balance your emotional reaction with some of those questions and not like trying to tone down the knee jerk reaction because our knee jerk reaction is generated from our emotional um, side of our brain because it, it's reacting because we feel we need to react that way for survival. So bringing in the, you know, the cognitive side is really going to help. Breathing, believe it or not, um, Mm -hmm. is one of the first things that you should be doing as you're, if you're in a triggered situation and you are trying to, you know, get a handle on it and, and pull back as it were to breathe because we naturally, our, our natural uh, triggers are, are react to our old brain. So the part of our brain that puts us in fight and flight. Yeah. So if we breathe, if we take that five to 10 seconds to pause and breathe, we have a better chance for our body to settle down and from the initial reaction. Awesome. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Michelle. That's such good advice. Unfortunately, we have to finish the show. I could talk again and talk to you all day about this. But thank you so much um, to Michelle for her segment again. We'll see. We'll see you next month. Hey, Michelle. Yes, we will. And we'll keep the conversation going. So thanks so much to Kimberly and Michelle for a great show. I've learned a lot. Hope you have too. Uh, Next week, we'll be taking a break for the holidays, but we'll be back on January 2nd with our segment of Who Wore It Best with Tina from our team and Christina Sacchifio, our conclusion coach. You don't want to miss that. If you want to stay connected in the meantime, sign up for a weekly leadership inspiration at theleadershipleap.net. See you then. Thank you for joining us this week for The Leadership Leap. Liam Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help you make a successful leap into leadership. 